Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, sports editor for the newspaper, bringing you another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. So you know what that means. I've got Alexis Cubit, our high school sports reporter, alongside me so we can chat a little bit about some of the crazy endings that happened uh, last week in high school football more so some really wild results in terms of some teams that really kind of stepped out and kind of really uh really kind of showed how good they were maybe a little bit better than what we thought and then we'll talk a little bit about high school volleyball and uh as well as we're recording this on tuesday don't forget that high school basketball is also starting up so We'll figure that stuff out as well as we had our preseason teams and preseason uh, rankings as well. We'll chat. But before all that, I think the biggest uh, news, at least from my perspective from last week, was Post just really kind of uh, showing that it is the number one team in District 2-2, a Division One beating New Deal 53-3. to I guess from your perspective, Alexis, I know you weren't at that game. It was either that one or uh, the game that we'll talk about, Friendship. Uh, winning their game in Woolforth, but just from your perspective, what, what did you kind of learn about the Antelopes? Uh, I, honestly, I had them winning that one. I felt like they were strong enough just from uh, what I saw in that that short game against Abernathy. I felt like they were pretty much you know the real deal. They were extremely physical. They ran hard with those three backs. Um, I mean, their defense is obviously really good to be able to shut out a team like New Deal. So it was just one of those things where – I wouldn't say I, I learned something, but it was just like magnified. What I kind of already knew about them was just a little more magnified in terms of, you know, they, I mean, Abernathy was a good test, but Correct. then you get to, you know, a state runner up and yes, they're missing some pieces, but they, I mean, they were undefeated coming into the season too. Mm-hmm. They were state ranked. So it wasn't like they had some major fall off this season. Like mm-hmm. they were still good. And so you see them come in there in at New Deal, you know, mm-hmm. on their field and just, I mean, 53 points and, you know, what Ashton Jefferson was able to do and just the defense as a whole was just, you know, one of those things where you're like, okay, this could potentially be, um, you know, a district with two teams that make pretty good postseason runs. Oh, absolutely. And the thing that really stood out to me was Post was able to capitalize on the turnovers that New Deal did. And and that's the thing with Post, kind of, and and again, I I don't want to bring up any bad wounds for some of the New Deal Lions fans, but this team reminds me a little bit of Mason where, if you get out to a big lead, they run the football real well. They play defense real well. Where mm-hmm. if you're in that deficit, it's just hard to come back because of that defense opposed to as not only that, but when you run the football, melt the clock, you take those five to eight minute long drives. It just makes the game a lot shorter, which clearly it was because I think that game finished at like 930 or something. Yeah, so it was a real quick, quick game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I also agree with New Deal. I think they're going to make their run. I think they're a talented team. They've got yeah, athletes sure. and everything else. But Post certainly, uh, at least from my perspective, from a statewide statewide view, I think Post really made a statement. I know Matt Stepp mentioned it. Greg Tepper mentioned it. But this was a team that was considered to be a dark horse in that district. But mm-hmm. I think now it's kind of supplanted that uh, label and now is now a district favorite. Not only that, but then a potential uh, team that could get to the regional finals. Yeah, definitely, and that's one of the things, you know, I think the big thing is it's like I've talked to pretty much every coach, every coach's team that we've covered this season within that district, and you think of one word to describe, and it's physicality. Yeah. It's that aggressive nature. It's that, I mean, most of the teams, for the most part, with the exception of um, Olton, I think Hill Center throws a little bit. Everybody runs pretty much, and then New Deal obviously throws there with Hayden, but 
everybody runs the ball, you know, so they have to depend on that line to to be extremely physical. And I think that's what happened is that, you know, Post had that line there that was able to do so many different things. So they got, you know, in the backfield and New Deal really couldn't do anything. At least mm-hmm. that's what it just seemed like to me. Again, like I said, I think New Deal is a talented team. It's just they kind of ran into a, a very good defensive, yeah. uh, tough-nosed post-Antelopes team who, I, I, again, there are two things that bode well for a football team. If you play good defense and you run the football, you're going to win games in November. Matt Wells has talked about it for his Texas Tech football team when he first was hired, and certainly uh, Michael Pittman and company have really kind of uh, just kind of been the, the poster boys for that as they got that big victory over New Deal. But another big win uh, over the – Last weekend, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the roundups from uh, last week, and then we'll get to friendship because I know that was the game that you covered, and we'll go a little bit more in depth into it. But mm-hmm. Bryson Daly did Bryson Daly things. Yeah, 65 really 65-0 over Roosevelt. Uh, again, that's one where I will agree. I think uh, we kind of knew where that was going in terms of results. But Daly scoring on runs of 70 yards, a one, one yarder in the first quarter, and then finishing with five total touchdowns. So big, big game for him, an Army uh, verbal commitment, and obviously he's going to go over there, serve his country, so congrats to him and all of that. Uh, Sudan, 59, playing zero. I think that was a very uh, easy one to kind of figure out as well. Christian Montez did what Christian Montez does. Yeah. And uh, Tahoka Lockney, that was kind of interesting because I thought Lockney would have a little bit more of a defensive edge on Tahoka, but Malik Hamilton, as we've talked about, 155 yeah. yards and a touchdown. And he also threw for 65 yards, so he's kind of showing versatility. Right, and Lockney is still, I think, uh, from what I understand last year, it was pretty much a freshman-laden team. So yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still working out some kinks. It's Stacey Ward's you know, second year and getting that system together. But, I mean, yeah, Tahoka was – like you said, Toga did Toga things, Malik Hamilton there, and, you know, being able to get him involved. And, you know, even if he, he doesn't, they still have Braden Stone there. So uh, I think they're they're playing at a, a good level right now. Idalou is also playing at a good level. Got a 50, uh, 44, pardon me, six victory over Stanton. Uh, Xavier or Javier Tarine rushed for 176 yards and two touchdowns. Big win for Idalou, which is obviously uh, doing pretty well mm-hmm. going into next week, 6-3 and three overall as they host Abernathy. That one could be an interesting one and one yeah. that if you're covering that, that one could go quick as well because those are two running teams that play some smash-mouth football. Yeah, definitely. And that was kind of a um, – I remember last year it was Colorado City had come to Abernathy yep. and you thought like, okay, this would be – and then Abernathy just completely mm-hmm. annihilated them. And then it came down to that Idalou game and – um, Cole Carla actually got hurt, I think, in that game, mm-hmm. and, but they still won. Yes, you know, um, so it should be interesting this year with them going over to Idaho and seeing, you know, two experienced quarterbacks um, both have experience on defense, and just seeing if you know Idaho can be the the team to to get that win over Abernathy in district, or if Abernathy's on their way to another district championship. Snyder getting a big victory, 21-8 over La Misa, Leroy Tavares, Jaden Samaniego, each pass for touchdowns. Greg Williams rushed for 172 yards and another touchdown in that victory. So good deal for the Tigers there. I know they were looking for a victory. Rawls, mm-hmm. the Jackrabbits getting another victory over Crosby. Ten speaking of two running teams, those teams like to run the football. Jerry Flores ran the most, 294 yards and four touchdowns in that District 4, 2A, Division 2 victory anything else that really kind of stood out to you in terms of some games those are the ones that at least stood out to me yeah. I don't know if there was anything else that really kind of kind of stood out to you before we talk a little uh friendship no I think those are pretty much the the big games if you will um and also a note another note about Abernathy this is their second year back up at 3A division two 
So I think that's kind of interesting for them to be able to move up a level and still maintain that success. And they were at in 3A at some point, I think, in the past. So Correct. it's not completely new. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, what they've been able to do is uh, is commendable. And so good job to them. And um, like you mentioned, Christian Montez being able to have a, a really stellar season. He's mm-hmm. uh, one of our area top leaders in both passing and rushing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Sudan goes in there undefeated on the season uh, to Farwell and, you know, looking for that uh, district championship and to finish the season, regular season 10-0. and 0. Speaking of some undefeated uh, records, the Friendship Tigers were undefeated at home thanks to a big victory over the Odessa Permian Panthers, or as some people around West Texas know them as Mojo, beat them 24-13 to in what I thought was kind of an interesting defensive game. I thought uh, Friendship would probably score a little bit more on Odessa Permian, but certainly uh, you have to like the fact that you were able to create some separation, and I think that was the biggest thing was uh, just Friendship showing uh, just showing how good they were on defense, and I think it all kind of started with Evan Barboza. Yeah, he had a, a really good game, um, just being able to get a, a deflection that ended up mm-hmm. turning into – an interception for Logan Douglas and just all over the place, tackle for losses and or tackles for loss, um, just all kind of different things. And what I didn't realize until after I looked at the score um, after the game is that friendship didn't score in the second half. Yep. I, I didn't really put two and two together until after, and I was like, oh, you know, and uh, what you call it? Permian did have the 13 second half points, but mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned, their defense is just playing at a really, really good level right now. It seems like they're just, you know, clicking and – you know, that's as far as the offense goes, I mean, Permian did some some good things defensively to kind of, you know, keep friendship off balance, but they did enough to be able to score. Um, Donovan Smith had some big throws. Cooper yep. Scott, who's um, also kind of come on. I know Drew Hocutt is the leading receiver right now. Had but, a nice one-headed catch in that game. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it just seems like they're, they've got a lot of momentum. And I think just like we've talked about before, it just seems like every time they've lost the game, that have been the – um, to Wichita Falls, Hershey in overtime or to uh, Midland Lead. They've just mm-hmm. responded really, really well. And I think that just goes back to um, everything that's happened to them in the past two or three years and just kind of relying on that uh, mentality of, you know, put it out of your mind, let's get forward to the next one. I feel like they do that with wins too. So Either way, they got a big win, 7-2, and 3-1. and one. To put that in perspective, I believe last year they only won three games total, right. so they've won as many in district as they did all season last year so so congrats to coach jay northcutt as i've been mentioning before and we'll continue to say i think uh, they've finally got that corner turned i know he mentioned it in the story before and i i certainly agree with that it took a couple years to kind of figure the culture out but the culture's correct and i think uh, the other thing too that helps is you mentioned it donovan smith really helped them kind of get out on offense in that first half where they scored 24 points and after that you don't really need to score after that if your defense holds uh permian to three three and then seven yeah, and and they did. You know, it's one of those things where um, – and then also Permian's quarterback, not saying one way or another, but Permian's mm-hmm. quarterback did get hurt. I believe that was in the second mm-hmm. quarter. Um, he had already had some lingering issues um, coming into the season. He didn't actually start playing till district started. Um, and then I'm, I'm guessing uh, – don't quote me on that, but I'm guessing it was probably the same injury um, that he just kind of re uh, – Re-injured. Yeah, re-injured or reactivated mm-hmm. or ha- however you want to phrase that. So um, they were playing with the backup. And that's not saying the backup was bad because mm-hmm. he got some, some major, major yardage. But, I mean, like we said, just friendships, defense is just playing, you know, 
<laughs> playing out of their minds right now. Speaking of friendship, their volleyball team is also playing pretty well. They're mm-hmm. going to take on El Paso Mountwood in Fort Stockton at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, that being today when we're recording this. So obviously the volleyball season has started. Trinity Christian, a team that you kind of mentioned in your column, mm-hmm. going for their sixth straight uh, TAPS 4A title. Uh, I guess what, what did you kind of learn from talking to Tyler Neal and company? Yeah, so that game, um, like I mentioned in my column, he obviously was saying that, you know, they hadn't been tested in a while. And that's, you know, good or bad. It would have been bad if they lost, but it's good because it shows you that, you know, even if they haven't been tested in a while, they still know how to respond Mm -hmm. when those, you know, those big moments come down. They had some things not necessarily go their way with, you know, illegal serves or just different um, situations that happened in that match. But, you know, they were able to bounce back and, I mean, to be able to win back-to-back sets like that and then to win the third set mm-hmm. is commendable for them and just, you know, is a testament to the type of, um, for lack of a better term, culture or just the overall Resilience, vibe too. That, yeah, exactly, that they have there. And, you know, um, the match against Grace Prep, which will be Thursday in Waco, should be a good one because you have, as I mentioned also, last year Grace Prep won it. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, they won it. And so you're having two state champion pedigree teams that are going at it. And, you know, they've got some heavy hitters, um, good defense. And so um, Grace Prep actually took out Lubbock Christian. Mm -hmm. And so they they share a common win there. So um, that should definitely be a good match. And good luck to all of our area volleyball teams this playoff season. Or, yeah, playoff season. Some have already started their action and some are already done, unfortunately, uh, for those that are listening to get some breaking news here on Monday. Lubbock Cooper fell to Alito in three sets. Seminole defeated San Elizario in five, and Bushland dropped a ma- dropped a three-setter to Littlefield. Or, pardon me, uh, Bushland beat Littlefield yeah. in a three-set match. Sorry, my brain's fried. I think um, on, like on the Monday. number one ranked team. That also. they are. The Falcons are. Lady Falcons, pardon me, are always very good every year. And then just to kind of wrap it all up, Monterey versus Abilene Wiley and Snyder, 630 today. Snyder versus Iowa Park in Albany, 6 p.m. Leveland versus Pampa and Tulia. 7.30, Denver City versus River Road in Idaloo at 6.30. Shallow Water, Friona, Lubbock Christian High School at 6.30. Brownfield, Tulia, Estacado High School at 6.30. And then Post Memphis in Tulia at 6 p.m. Plains in West Texas in Plainview at 7 p.m. So a lot of action going on today in terms of volleyball. I'll be interested to see how uh, Monterey continues their mm-hmm. stellar regular season just to kind of see how they go. And then not only that, but then to see how Denver City and Shallow Water play as well because they got some pretty deep teams as well. Yeah, and I didn't realize, apparently, uh, I'll have to check with Coach Lozada, but I think I saw somewhere someone said that Monterey has never won a playoff match. That's possible, but very crazy when you think of how long Monterey's been here. Right, so I'll have to to double-check that for sure, but I definitely think, I mean, you come in as the number three seed, they're well capable of getting Mm -hmm. that win. I'm not sure if them and Abilene Wiley have any common opponents, but um, again, another team that has height and talent and experience, um, you know, and even some of the younger girls that are coming on, like Kelly Mora, uh, just mm-hmm. adding to it. So uh, I'm, I'm expecting good things. And I think we have teams that should make pretty good runs, at least go, you know, two or three rounds, them and friendship and mm-hmm. just, you know, Denver City going undefeated in um, district play. So, uh, yeah, just looking for really good things. Absolutely. Not only that, but then we'll kind of uh, figure some stuff out here with our audio as Brad decided to play some really loud music because he's like a genius. He's, he's a pretty good genius. He's a good producer, too. We love <laughs> you, Brad. Um, on that note, 
We'll kind of finish it off with a little bit of Lone Star Varsity girls basketball. I know we had our preseason rankings. Trinity Christian being number one with Adley Blacklock, our player of the year. Lauren Catherman, our player of the year from last year uh, in terms of the overall Lone Star Varsity banquet. They've got a lot of talent coming back. Same mm-hmm. thing with Leveland, Shallow Water, Lubbock Cooper, Idaloo, Friendship, all those teams as well. Uh, we'll see how everything kind of goes there. But just from your perspective, a lot of a lot of good talent that comes back, a lot of young talent that comes back. I guess what are you kind of expecting from basketball? Yeah, I'm expecting kind of the the same things as um, as I, I saw kind of coming in, obviously at the tail end of uh, the season uh, in April. But um, I think uh, Lubbock Cooper, I'm looking for good things out of them. I think they come back with a really good team, starting with Avery Douglas, who mm-hmm. was just a really uh, just a really scrappy guard that didn't mind getting in there and you know did some really good things for them. I remember watching her while I was covering Plainview at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she definitely gave them some fits. Just one girl that, you know, does not give up at all. Um, and then you have Shilewater, who adds Bree Bratton there um, coming from Seminole. So mm-hmm. she comes into a team with Tinley, and that'll be an interesting duo to, to see play together. Um, so you have that. And then, obviously, friendship coming back. Um, Macy you know, Maddox, pretty good. Right, exactly. So, you know, just a, a whole lot of teams that um, – you know, come back with that experience and, and should uh, bode well during the season and just kind of see how everything plays out. And, of course, for everyone that listens, especially some of the parents, some of the coaching staffs, don't forget to send all your results to sports at LubbockOnline.com, sports at LubbockOnline.com, or you can also call us at 806-766-8736, and we'll make sure to get that get those results, pardon me, in the newspaper. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of action going on, so let's kind of Wrap this up unless you got any final thoughts from football, volleyball, or basketball, which starts off tonight. Um, nothing really. Um, you have I guess Estacado playing at Leveland this yep. week, and then I'll be at uh, Trinity's game against Lubbock Christian for that district championship. Is that one at Lubbock Christian or Trinity? That one is at, what did I say, Trinity? Uh, you said at Lubbock. Oh, it'll be at the new field. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to get a nice uh, Yeah, posh, I was going to say, I actually had box. to apologize to Coach Softly earlier because I'm like, I keep getting y'all mixed up, and that's not cool. Yeah. So it is Trinity Christian's new field on mm-hmm. 146th and Quaker. Yep. Their opponent will be Lubbock Christian. They are the Eagles. The yes. other ones are the Lions. So at least you, you don't have two Eagles or two Lions in right. your story as well. So. The important thing is I don't mix it up. Yeah, the story. <laughs> uh, you won't. If you do, you can always blame me. That's what everyone else does. But again, appreciate y'all listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. For Alexis Cuban, I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Don't forget to check out all our high school coverage in the print edition of the newspaper on Wednesday. And then, of course, Thursday for our stats package, which will be in its last week. So Alexis gets a little less uh, work during the week. And then, of course, Friday, our preview sections. And then, of course, Saturday, our Uh, excuse me, our game recaps as well in the newspaper. And then, of course, you can check that all out at LoneStarVarsity.com, Facebook.com slash LoneStarVarsity, or Twitter.com slash LoneStarVarsity as well. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week. And welcome back to Lone Star Varsity Podcast. We're here with Lubbock Christian coach Chris Softley for the second portion of the podcast. Coach Softley, how's it going? It's going very well, man. We're having a great week and a great season. A lot to be thankful for, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I guess the, the biggest thing right now is just the fact that, you know, you'll have two two Lubbock schools playing for the district championship 
Um, how exciting is that? And just what do you feel like that means to, you know, this part of part of Texas to be able to do that? I think that's the, the biggest thing is the success for West Texas, for Lubbock. I think there's high quality coaches out here and there's certainly hardworking kids and families. And you, you love to see success come the way of, of West Texas and certainly Lubbock. And so this is just another testament to it. I know there's a lot of great programs around the, around town that are doing a great job. And I know Escado, Friendship, Lubbock Cooper having great seasons. Proud of Lubbock Trinity, certainly happy for our success as well. And so props to West Texas. You know, I was able to, to talk to Coach Spiller, I think it was either Monday or Tuesday, and, you know, just kind of everything that they've had with injuries and whatnot, and to be able to come to this moment, obviously you guys coming in 9-0, and just seems like you both are having, you know, those fairy tale seasons. For you and your perspective, you know, what has this year meant, you know, with the, the senior class that you have and even some of the juniors stepping up over the season? Yeah, really proud of the kids we get a coach. Thankful for them. It's a special senior class. This this group is the group we came in with when when we were first year coaches here at, at Lubbock Christian. They were freshmen, so they were first year players, and we've had eleven of them along the journey. It's been a fun four years, a lot of work, and building a culture, and and growing a a team, and and growing individual men. And so, like you like you said, the success story is the culmination of all the hard work coming together and in key victories, and and in a whole lot of mental toughness, and um, getting to just see the fruit of all their labor and that's coaches and teachers and, and kids certainly included in there. And so it's made it a special ride. And, and certainly when you have success with people that you enjoy working with and, and you enjoy working for, that makes it all the better. Yeah, definitely. And one of those uh, seniors be um, Alex Timmons there. Um, what have you just seen from him this season, especially, you know, another senior with cash at the wide receiver position. I mean, I believe uh, Alex has, or that Alex, Alex Timmons, has over a thousand passing yards, um, Cash being the leading receiver. What's that relationship like between them? Yeah, it's fun. They, you know, these kids. Uh, our philosophy here is we want our kids to do as much as they can as long as they can. And so, it's different than a lot of schools. We we we're proud to be a a small school that gets their kids in in multiple sports. And so you get kids like the Alexes and Cash, and they play together year round. They're they're you know three and four sport athletes. And so their in-season and off-season is together. And so when you talk about a connection between quarterback and receiver, between two kids, I mean, what, what better way than, than when you're through thick and thin and, and a whole lot of different game situations, adversity and prosperity mm-hmm. on the court, on the field, off the field, in the weight room, on the track. And so they've got a great connection, a lot of confidence in each other. And then you have, you have B-Mart and, and Bumper on the outside, on the other on the other side of the field. And it's the same thing with those guys. It's, it's the same story, different verse. We feel like we have a lot of weapons. Kids have put in a lot of work and certainly proud of their, their success this year. And, and like you said, uh, the stats tell a small portion of the story. Uh, but, man, just, just getting to see them work is, is probably the bigger portion of it. Right. And one of those things we talked about um, yesterday was just the, the preparation that goes into yeah. it. Um, Zeke Lott talking about how each coach kind of tailors, I guess, that that for each player. What goes into that preparation and, you know, how important is that to be able to, to know your personnel and what works for them? I think that's the heartbeat of a coach. I think coaching comes down to to care. It comes down to credibility and it comes down to the ability to communicate clearly. And so that's what we talk about as a staff here is kind of those three C's in terms of being an excellent coach. And 
what we need to provide for our kids is the same type of what we, you know, max out preparation that we're trying to demand from them on, on Friday nights and, and every day therefore. And so the preparation, it it makes or breaks football games. It's, you you get seven days to prepare for one game and you got to prepare for their A plan, their B plan and their C plan. You got to prepare in all types of weather. And the beauty of high school football is you may see the wing T offense one week, then the spread the next week. And, Mm -hmm. and you're back to some slot T, you know, uh, on the third week. And so, it's fun. The challenge is there, but also in terms of your perspective, it's just a great opportunity, especially, like I said, if you trust the guys you work with and you're proud of the guys you're working for. And by that, I mean the kids and, um, we're proud of these kids. They soak up the scouting reports. Well, they're great learners. Um, we got a great, got a great training ground here at Lubbock Christian in terms of the academic curriculum and, and how we build our culture. And so our kids soak it up. And on Friday nights, they, they've been performing admirably in terms of their preparation. We had a couple weeks ago when I did uh, my comment, Alex Lackey told the story about his uh, his Tulia scouting. I thought that was kind of funny. You want to mention that one again? Yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, it was Tuesday. We did our – every coach's staff does it different, but the coach's staff, they certainly work hard around around high school football, especially in Texas. I mean, those guys are working seven days a week and, and a ton of hours. Now, now, we're not working seven days a week. We're proud to take Sundays off and <laughs> right. be with our families and invest in our marriages. We think that's more important, and, and we think that's biblical. We think we've been rewarded for taking that time off. But my point there is, is second day of the week, we're in preparation. We're still trying to get a hold on Tulia. We've got some things on paper, and we've taught the kids a couple key points, and we go out for practice and – Alex Lack, you know, and and others, they have it memorized already. You know, we, we challenged them that morning. We met at 7.15 and we said, here's a scout report, eat it up, soak it up, be ready to go at 4 p.m. And at 4 p.m., we're going team defense and they break the huddle and he's calling out 91% left, 91% left. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's just, it just makes you proud as a coach that the work and time you're putting in is getting, um, it's getting amplified by the yeah. kids because it doesn't matter how much we know, it matters what they know and what they can execute. Mm-hmm. And so for them to have that confidence of knowing that they're going to be prepared on Friday night and then being able to play fast, I mean, it, it makes it, uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to be successful. That's what it gives you. Definitely. And you guys won that game. So that worked after all, <laughs> um, you know, went through the whole non-district schedule undefeated. You guys came in and had flower mound right, right away. That was obviously the, the big test. What did you see from the guys in terms of just being able to, to you know, accomplish that week and be one and zero at that point or that week. I was proud of how we traveled. Having a having a six hour trip there into Addison, Texas. I'm staying in a hotel and then dealing with a cold, windy day um, with a six p.m. game time. You could make a lot of excuses there as far as well. It's earlier than we're normal than than we're used to playing. It's colder than we're used to playing. We're away from our beds. We're away from our moms. You know, right. uh, we're playing a tough team. The, the human mind is quick to find things to complain about and be offended by. And what we want to do is, you know, as believers is, is, is we want to try to have a, an attitude of gratitude. You know, we want to try to live with that and that's hard. It doesn't happen every day, but we certainly want to try to train that in the kids that are learning from us. And so we want to exhibit that as coaches as well. So the biggest thing I was proud of was how they handled it. They mm-hmm. controlled, they could control, they, they handled the adversity and the opportunities that came, um, Dale got a quick score on a busted play, and uh, we had to respond. Like I said, we're in, we're in foreign locker rooms and, and foreign territory, and I thought the kids were steady in the boat. 
Um, and, and, and really the fun thing is, 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 is they play with joy and passion and they do it at home or on the road. And so going out, getting a big district win started off with, with travel in the cold weather. Um, I thought those things are going to pay off well for us later in the season. Certainly the better you are in football, the, the more cold weather you play in. And so that's something we'll keep building off of, but absolutely first great step for us. Mm-hmm. You mentioned steadying the boat. That's something Zeke had mentioned um, yesterday and I went and talked to you guys. How has he ex- exemplified that that phrase and what does that phrase mean to your program as a whole? Yeah, he, he's probably the personification of that phrase, which is fun here, seeing it four years of of his his growth and maturation. But I also think that's kind of his um, his MO. And I think that's the way mom and dad have raised him is is uh He's a he's a fun kid. He's a joy to be around. He, he's well liked by his teammates, but doesn't get too low, doesn't get rattled, mm-hmm. just steady in the boat type of guy. And, and where we get that is um, just the thought of, man, it, it, we, we want to control what we can control. The mm-hmm. best thing that we can do is, is to make sure our attitude and our effort are above reproach. And so steady in the boat means man, when it's when the waves are rocking. And, and the wind's blowing and the storm's coming in, you're not helping anybody by pointing out the obvious and, and quivering and complaining and, and making the boat rock even more. What we need is somebody that's going to help us be steady in the boat. We need somebody that's going to that's gonna grab, grab an oar and start rowing or, or go do whatever they would do with the sail, you know, whatever mm-hmm. those terms would be. But the point is, is, man, let's just be productive. Let's put one foot in front of the other. Let's do it with a positive attitude and a joyful heart. And that's Zeke Lott. You know, that, that's our senior class. But uh, you mentioned Zeke by name, and, and that's Zeke. He, he didn't get too high or too low. First possession of this game last week, we gave him a touchdown. We had not done that all year. We haven't been down much. Mm-hmm. But uh, and come to the sideline, what we call it is a two-clap. You two-clap it. You say you're going to fix it. You tell us how you're going to fix it, and we go back to work. And that's what Zeke did. And sure enough, we, we limited him to 100 and 140 yards the rest of the game. And defense really settled in and, and was certainly proud of how they responded to that adversity. Yeah, Zeke Lott, obviously being your leading tackler with 108, also four interceptions. And then uh, Caleb Wood there with three quarterback sacks. What's, you know, I guess this week they'll have their hands full with, you know, Justin Franco and just uh, Trinity Christian's run game. What are you looking for out of that matchup? Yeah, I think Trinity's a, a well-coached, hard-nosed team. They play really hard. Uh, we're certainly excited for them and, and the success they're having. Um, the challenge for us will be the discipline that comes with each and every every week. And it's it's uh, the challenge of getting our eyes in the right spot and ignoring the uh, the noise that is the motions and the, the misdirection, um, even a little bit of the tempo. And so to, for us to be locked in on that scouting report we mentioned earlier, trust our preparation and, and trust the key that coach has given me. Um, that Caleb Wood, great example there. What, what a guy. He's got, what, 17 TFLs this year. Um, he's, a, he's got great hips. He's explosive as a ball player. He's undersized. And you wouldn't pick him out of a lineup, but we wouldn't trade him for anybody in the district, in the state. That guy's a big-time player. Mm-hmm. And he's created himself into that player. Uh, there's an awesome story. Um, I'll just give you the Reader's Digest version. But freshman year, he came in and he was he was struggling, and he was not sure that football and discipline and the the things that we were demanding from him were something he wanted to be a part of. And uh, long story short, fast forward four years, and now he's our guy. He's as much of a rock as anybody. He's a yes sir, no sir, and he's a leader for the 
young kids. We had a man shaft when we were on the road last game and it was an opportunity for the young kids to say what they're thankful for. And, and you would, I mean, you'd be so, your heart would, would uh, swell with pride for how many kids said, man, Caleb Wood, that guy takes me under his wing and, and this guy cares and this guy invests. And it was just such a, you know, as a coach, those moments are really special because you get a chance to see a quick glimpse of what God's doing kind of from a macro perspective. Right. But the four-year maturation of Caleb Wood has been huge for our program. And, and I think it's going to be, uh, you know, just an awesome testament for the rest of his life for the husband and man he's going to be. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't hurt to be having a really good season both on and off the field too there. So we'll be, well, I'll be out there on Friday. Um, the new Trinity's new field on, I think it's 146th in Quaker. I think it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's almost a post, I think. So we'll yeah. just head south and uh, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. I'm, from pictures, it looks really nice. So it'll be definitely a good game against crosstown teams and the two of the, uh, private school football teams in the area. So we'll definitely be looking forward to that. So thank you so much, Coach Softly, for coming on and talking with me for a few minutes. Hey, I appreciate everything you guys do for for high school athletics out here in West Texas and the Lubbock area. I mean, we're, we, got a lot of, we got a lot to be thankful for with the coverage that you guys provide for us. So let me speak for all the coaches and say thanks to you guys. Well, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. We, we try our best. So... This is the Lone Star Varsity Podcast, and thank you for listening to another edition. 